theme music. Every good hero should have some. Podcast. I'm Lamont. And I'm Alex. And we watch bad movies. So you don't have to. But today we got something special. We want to give some flowers to one of the great actors they ever come through in the business. I'm talking about Michael K. Williams, right? That is correct. Uh, uh, gone too soon. That's that's always the phrase when you see people on a blaze of glory as you watch their career growing. And Michael uh, K. Williams was one of those people. It's like, man, dude, I can't emotionally. I can't take this. Uh, my my actors like these are staples in your film watching, television watching. Um, set is like you just want them to keep blossoming until they get to that that, well, I, I hate to say it, that Denzel posture. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they're known and they have a career where they can look at it and be like, man, you you did your thing. And he was right there, like, he was in middle school, and we was just waiting for him to get to high school and college, and it, and, it, and it's gone now. Yeah, gone way too soon, but we got, in order to celebrate him, we brought in a special guest. Well, like, this dude right here is a great storyteller in his own right. One of the best dudes out there. We're talking about Troy Johnson, WAPC anchor. And also, he was an extra in The Wire. Wow. <laughs> I <laughs> better believe it. How about that? You know, uh, who knew? Now, look, if you see, if you happen to watch season one, episode five, don't blink. <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> of The Wire. Do not blink because it ain't. I'm not there long, but. Uh, but it's just kind of cool. It's so, cool. Troy, you you were one of the guys sitting on the stoop with a do rag. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I got you it. wait, wait, you wait. You were part of the Barksdale gang. Uh, I, I didn't realize that, Troy. Like, like Troy over there, like, hey, hey, yo, hey, yo, <laughs> you going down to the store? Me too. You know, you know how Baltimore people talk. They always draw their O's out. You like what? Yeah, the, man. What? Yeah. How did you how did you know that, Alex? That's what's up first. <laughs> I, well, I lived I lived in the uh, DC area, so oh, yeah. well, you traveling know. in that area, you catch you catch their dialect, and you be like, "Man, why you keep dragging?" Like they'll say, "Dial." Like what is a a doll? Look, oh, here, <laughs> look, 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 for those that? that don't, the, for those that aren't picking up what Alex is trying to say, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna spell this word, and I want you guys one of you guys to say it: D O U G. Doug. Doug. Doug, right. Doug. The short for Douglas, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So I used to say, so the that's the way people say D-O-G in Baltimore. Yeah. Doug. Oh, Doug. Dog. Yeah. So so you telling me you got a dog named Doug. <laughs> but but in Baltimore, it'd be you got a Doug named Doug. Right. <laughs> I mean yep. And it's yeah. universal, like yo, give me one of them hot dugs. Dugs, oh, yeah, wow. it's Doug. Doug. So it, it's a, yeah. it's a really interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting. But dialogue. shout out, shout out to Baltimore. Be more, I no doubt, dude. Like some of the best chicken I ever had. And I'm from the <laughs> south. Was from um, uh, uh, what's the spot? Royal though? Farms. 
No, I, Royal Farms is bomb, but there is a spot that does rotisserie chicken. Oh. Shout out to Nick's. It's a place called Nick's. It's uh like not that far from the stadium, the uh, Raven Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we look, we, that's for a whole nother show because we're gonna we, have to we do lose that. a mic. Yeah. Yeah. We lose a mic in the whole process <laughs> talking about Baltimore and the wire. But Troy was an extra on the wire. That's dope to know, bro. And and I did get the upgrade. I was police. I wasn't. Uh, oh, okay. I wasn't okay. on the corner. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, that ain't cool. Well, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know. You got to be the bad guy, man. Well, the bad guys were the cool guys in, in, in the wire, man. In some people's eyes, you know, that is the bad guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. That is true. That is true. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, it was, it was a cool, you know, who knew? So it, it was season one. Um, and it was episode, what turned out to be episode five. And, um, it was actually directed by now, you know, when, when we got the call to do this, me and the folks I did a morning show with all three of us, um, you know, so we're like an Easter egg, you know, extra, like, Mm -hmm. if you know, what's the thing that's cool about the wire is there's so many people that, um, that were really entrenched in Baltimore that are making appearances as characters and extras. Mm. So, if you know, the Baltimore scene, it's like, Oh, that's so-and-so for example, uh, one of the former, uh, police chiefs who actually went to federal prison, this guy named Ed <laughs> Norris. Wow. He is a detective and he's throughout the entire scope of the show. Just look him up. You'll see him. He, he make he's, he's actually, not he's more than an extra he has lines and everything but wow well so they use the people around that's that's yeah they they really they really same thing with treme you know Mm. um you know david simon used folks who were really entrenched in in those communities that's why that baltimore accent is so prevalent you didn't really have to find an actor who had to learn that dialect right (laughs) they're really people who could give it to you because that's the way they talk every day. So wow. yeah, because like one of the guys I know, he's famous. He's a famous uh, go-go artist in mm-hmm. DC. Yeah, and he he played one of the main characters in the latter part of The Wire, as yeah. far as one of the generals. So yeah, but going back to the 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 them being authentic was Michael could do that because Michael is from New York. Yeah. So Michael comes in and just makes that switch. That's what made him so great. He can make that switch, even though, you know, a lot of people said he was typecast, which that's one of the things we're probably going to talk about a little bit later in the show is that he was always typecast as this gangster uh, um, guy in a a black neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But he, it was just that presence that he had on film that just drawed you in and then made you see him as a human. Omar Devon Little. Mr. Little, how old are you? About 29, they're about. And where do you live? No place in particular, ma'am. You're homeless? And the wind, so to speak. And what is your occupation? Occupation? What exactly do you do for a living, Mr. Little? I rip and run. You 
I robs drug dealers. And not just his actions in, in the film. Just like with Omar. Yeah, Omar was going through the hood, but you, he was the Black Robin Hood. He, yeah. would, he would rob drug dealers. Yes. Just just cuz. The man with them jumbo sixes. How many you fucking want? Take about three or four hundred. Damn. <laughs> All in the game, yo. <laughs> All in the game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So and and I mean I love I love the dimensions of him because they showed him as a human from his sexual orientation to how he handled people, how he handled even the drug dealers and how he had respect even in that culture. They were scared of him, but they respected him. Like nobody, I've never seen nobody come through a block and clear it out like this dude. Check it out. Something ain't right, yo. Watch out, man. Got that food. It's packing. Here he comes. Yo. Yo, Tucker, come on. Yo, Omar coming, man. Oh, shit. Omar coming. Yeah. Omar yeah. coming. That's one of the lines. Like, you, that's a that's a line that you use in life. Like, Omar's coming. And then folks be like, <laughs> what? It's just like winter on uh, Games of Thrones. Winter is coming. So you say Omar's coming. Oh, you already know it's a whole bunch of trouble about to come. Yeah. So, but that's one of his staple characters. That character as well as uh, Chalky White. He show his face around here. Hit more on one of his boys. You get word to me right quick. Ain't seen a hair of the doctor since the other night. Ain't heard his speechifying me. Let's jabbering days be over soon enough. Tonight, we pay a visit down the north side and see how he... Back in the kitchen, oh, Faye. This here private. So this here the new dishwasher, Nucky Hire. Half-faced white boy taking our jobs. The way I see it, one man got as much right to eat as another. Yeah. Um, on Boardwalk um, Empire. Empire. I mean, this dude, he, he literally is like a franchise player in the HBO series yeah. original, so... After after Michael K. Williams passed away, um, I, I was I was torn mm. on, and and I, you guys watched the movie, so I don't have to, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, and so I don't really get nostalgic like that. But I really wanted to see a little bit of his work, which is kind of unusual for me. But um, I, I was torn on should I watch The Wire. Or should I watch Boardwalk Empire? Mm. And I, I, I kind of wrestled with it. I, I'll ask. I'll put the question to you guys. I don't know which one, which one you guys would go with. Um, but I ultimately chose The Wire, um, even though I like my instinct was I really want to see Boardwalk Empire because personally, I like I like uh, movies and and TV shows that are set in a in a time period that's you know generally a little bit older than our age group you know mm -hmm. Be because you know if we're talking about the 1920s 1930s all the pictures that we've seen all the video that we've seen if there is any is generally in black and white so being able to be immersed in a world in color 
that has all of those characteristics is just, I've always found that kind of fascinating, no matter what the storyline happens to be. Mm -hmm. So, so I was, I wanted to, you know, kind of reminisce on that. And, and, you know, Chalky White's character is, is off the hook, but I ended up choosing the wire because, you know, that is the signature character for Michael K. Williams. And, you know, uh, I mean, you know, the performance is amazing. Yo, Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Okay. Next time you finish up the box, you need to holler on it, yo. Si, si. Yo, mala mia. Yo, ain't got no honey nut. What, what do you see? And it caught the new pope. Although he, as you mentioned, is kind of known for these gangster roles. I mean, the arc of his, and, and I'm not going to sit here and go back and say that I know every piece and every project that he worked on, but he played other roles too. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a guy to, to who has the physical appearance that Michael Williams has, uh, you know, it's some people might say because of the roles that he played, he had a menacing look. You know, the guy naturally he had that that scar. Yeah. That you one it. would one would believe would preclude ah. him from a bunch of different acting projects, but no, he would he'd be an he'd be a FBI agent in another project. <laughs> he'd be he'd be in comedies. He he did all kinds of things that you know it goes to show that if you have the chops to do the job, it doesn't matter what you know if he can if he can make you believe that he is that character and we know that he had the capacity to do that, then, you know, he's going to make you believe. A hundred percent. I feel like, I don't know. I know he, I was reading up on it cause I want to know about the, the scar. Mm-hmm. He said he was stabbed at 25 in a fight. Yeah. And like, so, but you're right. If you got the skills, like it shouldn't stop you at all. And if you're talking about like two of his major roles with the chalky white and the Omar, I got to go with Omar like you just because I've never seen a character like Omar. Like if you were to write it, if you were to write it down and you said, I've got this gay gangster mm-hmm. who everybody's scared of, but everybody has love for, and he basically runs runs the city, you would you couldn't believe it. And the way he played him, like it wasn't even about his sexuality. It right. was just about his, his human his humanness, just how he uh, mm-hmm. carried himself in the show. Like I've never seen another character like that. For me, The Wire is the best show of all time, and mm. for me, he's the best character on there for all time. So like, and then when you go with Chalky, I love the chalkiness of it because he's a real dude. Yeah. And, he, and if you look at Boardwalk, he plays him with class and dignity, and like there's so many great scenes between him and Bashimi. And like him and the other people in the show, that you like Boardwalk is such a strong performance. And I feel yeah. like if, I feel like if they would have made it now, Chalky would have been the center, and Nucky would have been one of the peripheral characters, right? Because I, I'm I just, agree. Because I'm just so more interested in what Chalky had to do. Like I remember, like when I when he passed, I couldn't believe it. I looked at my phone, I'm like there is no way this dude's 54 years old and he's gone. We still. At 54, he could have done this for another 20 years. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, and, to, and put in great performances. Like, there's so many. We'll get through the list of everything that he's done, but I promise you, every time I see him on the bill or see him listed as being in this, in whatever he's in, 
I know it's going to be a quality performance. Like, I know, like, even if he's in it for a little bit, it's going to be a a good show, and it could be great, just depends. But, like, he's he's going to be sorely missed for sure. No doubt about it. Yeah, I jumped. I went, When uh, Troy said he went back to the wire to watch it, I, I went to Boardwalk mm. because, I, I don't know, I guess, like, my all-time favorite movie, period, is Harlem Nights. So when that whole era and how they portray black people in a point of prestige and class, it's like, I want, I mean, when you watch The Wire, you know somebody that looked like Omar. You know what I'm saying? You know, (laughs) do-rag, bulletproof vest, trench coat with with the shoddy (laughs) on the side. You, you know, already, you know you somebody. Know, that's their outfit. You know somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know people dress <laughs> like that back in two thousand. Sure. If you look back, that's probably what Alex got on right now. Well, he's no, he's no. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't try to impress nobody. But <laughs> deep down it. inside, I am, I am a Mister Quick. You know, I, I want to be Eddie Murphy <laughs> Quick in Harlem Nights. But with that chalky character, like it was, it's, it even surprised me that they didn't cast him for the role of the. Uh, Harlem Godfather, uh, as far as playing Bumpy Johnson, because mm-hmm. it's he is so complex. It's like if you like you okay, you you see him all right, cool. It's another black guy, but he plays the role so strong and yeah. give you so much range. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude played the father in um, when they see us. pass away for people to delve into your past but this guy was just just amazing because when he passed away he found out that he was like one of the pillars in hip-hop like this dude used to work with queen latifah like they were raised together. Yeah. you know they he know queen latifah's real name yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying or he was in tupac videos like he was yeah it, it's it's like he is a major staple in entertain. He was a major staple in entertainment. Just a quiet hand that, that flowed through that we really wanted to see more of. Yeah. So when I went back and watched uh, uh, Boardwalk Empire, I just love the fact that this dude was a, a refined gangster. Mm-hmm. 
And he knew his role. Like he was like, okay, I'm the I'm the guy that's gonna get the dirt on my hands. I know it. Yeah. So you come to me when you need some need some muscle. Okay, all right, cool. Cause like even in the first episode, when he was like, All right, just cancel all my meetings, and he was out in the lobby waiting for him. <laughs> he was like, I don't care. Uh I'm gonna talk to this lady. And then he just put him on the back burner, and then he comes to him later on in the season and and tries to get him to do his dirty work. I love the fact that he knew he had control of the moment. And mm-hmm. I just, it brings life to those characters. And the, yeah. and the only way you can bring life to the character is that you got to be a great actor. And yeah. this dude was that dude, man. Yeah. Um, I saw, you know, a lot of people, obviously, um, in the unfortunate situation, these iconic people passed away. Mm. Um, you know, folks post a lot of video, um, and there's one that I'm sure people have seen, uh, or if you, if you haven't, you can just Google seeing Michael K. Williams dance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you, you could see the pure joy that he had. And I think it speaks to, it speaks to the ability for the actor to be, to encompass a role that just has you you don't say that's unfortunately for him and he talked about this in his demons you know people don't see michael k williams dancing they see omar dancing right true True. it's always always gonna be omar no matter what yeah um i i did have the opportunity to interview him a few times you know so you know we did this little cameo this morning show that i was on in baltimore called the big fat morning show um, was on a, a radio station, 92Q, that was owned by Kathy Hughes. And at the time, we were number one. Our show was number one. We were, you know, we, it, it was it, it was a cool moment to be, from a career standpoint, working with uh, people that I, are, are still really great friends and really beyond. We have a bond, uh, even though we've all moved on to other things. But um, in that capacity, we, we got an opportunity to, to do quite a few things. And, you know, the wire was blowing up and we would have uh, quite a few actors that were uh, on the show on our show. Mm. And I remember Michael K. Williams coming in for an interview and, you know, it went great. I don't remember all that we talked about, but we had a chance to kind of hang out afterwards, not go anywhere or have a meal or anything. We were just sitting and chilling. And it was really interesting to see you know, we met Omar before we met Michael K. Williams Hmm. and sitting and talking to him. It was like, this guy has a much broader range and interest. And like his, his, his persona was so upbeat and, and friendly. It was like, this ain't Omar. How is that? (laughs) It it was, it was really weird to see that. And, uh, but it's, it's because we all believed what we saw on the screen. Right. And um, I I thought of all the things that I've seen in terms of tributes to him, there was a moment where he and Wendell Pierce were at an awards thing or or maybe a premiere of some TV show. And Wendell Pierce was was standing next to they were both being interviewed. And Wendell Pierce just like stopped the presses and gave this guy a tribute to his face like no other. He was, he was, you know, uh, Michael K. Williams was certainly, you know, he was, he was, um, 
he kind of downplayed his acting ability in this conversation. And, you know, he's being, you know, polite, being a professional. And, and uh, Wendell Pierce wasn't having it. He was like, this man brings it every time. Michael has contributed two of the most iconic characters in the history of American television with Omar and with Chalky White. What we are actually getting to witness in his young career, we're going to see a lot more, is like one of the great American actors giving voice and giving flesh to uh, characters that most people would have never given the same humanity to. He is you know, one of the best actors I've ever seen. And it was like, wow, you know. Wow. This big praise coming from Bob. It, it sure. was it was huge mm-hmm. and it was something that you don't actually see actors do very often. Right. You know, especially if they're standing next to you alive. You know, mm-hmm. once people kind of kind of pass on, you know, then it's like, well man, I wish yeah. I had the opportunity right. to say A, B, and C. But he said it. It's what a lot of people are feeling right now. Um you know, for those that have have watched this guy act for for decades, I know. Let me tell you that I saw that piece that you're talking about, and it really is powerful. Yeah. And it just reminded me of one of my favorite scenes. Is I don't know if you guys remember, it's the scene when Bunk and Omar sitting on the bench. Oh, kind of thought it'd be one of your minions showed up in the flesh. You called him some of my papers, paper. I was just working, doing what a man is supposed to do. Uh, I know you've been busy. Caught some talk from them young men you rousted over there on the west side. That was about a gun, belonged to a police. Yeah, caught some talk about that too. This here, it's about something else. Girl by the name of Tasha got her head blown off in a firefight. If you're not here to cooperate, then why are you here? Okay, I could just pull up that other girl from your squad. She ain't gonna talk to you. Hmm. Ain't nobody gonna talk to you. I just came in to make that clear, man. Ain't no thing. Because I already got me an eyeball wit. <laughs> you do? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Old Bruiser, he be blind behind that fortified half the time. She you got to dry him out just to get him on the stand. Besides, he done had a change of heart to that story. That's what I heard anyway. She passed that. Y'all gonna have to call this one of them, um, cost of doing business things y'all police be talking about all the time. You feel me? No taxpayers. Shoot the way y'all looking on things. Ain't no victim to even speak on. Bullshit, boy. No victim? I just came from Tasha's people, remember? All this death, you don't think that ripples out? You don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. I was a few years ahead of you at Edmondson, but I know you remember the neighborhood, how it was. We had some bad boys for real. It wasn't about guns so much as knowing what to do with your hands. Those boys could really rack. I just hate that he's gone because I wanted so much more. Because, you know, he's in Lovecraft Country. Yes. Uh, he's nominated for the Emmy in that as Montrose, yeah. Montrose Freeman. Mm-hmm. Like, and Alex mentioned when they see us, like, he just, like, everything he pops in, he just brings it. And very few actors do that. <laughs> like, there's a lot, there's a lot of, 
you know, a lot of dogs out there that don't really do good work and everything, but I feel like in everything he's in, he just he he brought it. And and the fact that, you know, going back to the uh typecast, even though he shows up and you see him and you always you automatically your thoughts automatically put him in this area, he takes you to where he wants you to go. Mm-hmm. And it's like like for instance, uh, with the film uh, Betsy, and Tifa, yeah, you you you'll think that he's gonna play another chalky role because it's set in that era. And yeah. what they do is they flip. He flips it so strong on you. It's like, yeah, he's not chalky. He's this sensitive guy that's managing this this blues singer, and you'd be like, yo, that's and and it, I. If if don't judge a book by its cover was a person, <laughs> Michael K. Williams would be that. Because it's like he comes up with the same cover, but he keeps the story keeps changing on the inside. And it's amazing what yeah. this guy did in that short span of time. Like, oh well, we owe the dude. So when other people see it, it's like, oh, he worked a long time, but with us, it's like, no. Nah, that was a short period of time. <laughs> yeah, but but even if you got somebody that okay, he's fifty four, but he legitimately legitimately has two iconic characters. Like most most actors only get one if they're lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very few actors you see that's gonna like okay, I'm gonna bring you two two characters in my lifetime that you're just gonna love, and you could put Chalky and Omar up there on the Mount Rushmore of you know characters, and nobody can argue that, right? That's true, and, and then there's also a show. I know it, it it doesn't get a lot of love. It was only on for a couple of seasons, but it's called Happen Leonard. Nobody tell me I was gonna be on a redneck safari. The guns came out. This is war. Oh, hell broke loose. You ready? Don't I look ready? Mm. Mm. And it, yeah, it was. I know it's. it's wasn't it's, he a cowboy or? No, nah, he was like an ex. He was an ex Vietnam veteran. Oh, okay. uh, Gay ex Vietnam veteran that came home and trying to make his way in the South with uh, his partner. And uh, it's called Happen Leonard. Check it mm-hmm. out. He does really Gotta good. Check that out. Yeah, he does really good work in that. Like I said, he's always, whatever he's in, he's going to bring it. He's like bacon, vodka, whipped cream. <laughs> yeah, just like, sprinkle him. Yeah, sprinkle him makes, on it. And it gets better. <laughs> like 100%. He just makes it better 100%. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So, so, gentlemen, what, what are like some major scenes or catchphrases that Omar um, projected in any of the films that you saw? What Troy, what's, what's one of the ones that stick out to you? You come at the king, you best not miss. Well, <laughs> I know what Troy's going to say. I got a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did, did he say if you come at the king, you yeah, best not miss? Yeah, yeah. Come I at mean, the king, you best not miss. Best yeah. not miss. And I, I mean, uh, you know, there were there were a lot of those kinds of uh, lines that the character Omar had in the show that probably that aren't going to be you know t-shirt ready for example for example right yeah. but he said he, he he spoke in a way that was you know we all we knew that he was an intelligent character but he was kind of <laughs> like retrospective you know uh, kind of poetic. It was like a, he was like a gangster Yoda. I mean, yeah. he would just drop bars. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Man got to man got to have a cold. Just simple. Like, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and that, that's the way he talked in the series. So, uh, but I mean, everybody knows that one. I think that's that's an awesome, an awesome line. I, I wish I remembered a few other ones. Yeah, so, I, got, I got a but, list. I'll I put down my list in my top three, okay? Okay. Because I know we're doing this. My first one uh, is, how you expect to run with the wolves come night when you spend all day spawning with the puppies? <laughs> Strong. Yes, that's Omar. Then I got the shotgun. We've got the briefcase. It's on the game, though, right? And he capitalized on what Nino Brown was trying yeah. to do. Yeah, he went next level, Nino Brown. With <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. But he didn't have on a suit, actually. I think he had on a, a jogging jersey. Yeah. A, a jacket and a tie. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. When, when, when McNulty took him shopping and he couldn't find it. I, I love that show, man. <laughs> oh, man. And, and what was your third one, uh, Lamont? My yeah, third one is mo- money. Money don't have owners; it has spenders. Mm. Wow! Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Now listen, the, the, the wire itself had some bars in it, like it, and but you can have it, and just the way you deliver it. He delivered the great lines, like anybody. Yo, you put that in another actor; it's probably corny. Let well, Omar, let Omar say it. Yeah, it's a whole different thing. Well, I'm not going to say it's a line, but it's a mannerism that he had. Like when he whistled, uh, what was the song? Um, the Farmer and the Dell. The Farmer and the Dell. My dude, walking like like Elmer Fudd. <laughs> yo, yo, hey, yo. Right, <laughs> like he comes through the hood. He's whistling like he's unbothered. He's the definition of unbothered. He walks in, whistles the Farmer and the Dell. He whistles the first few bars of it, and then you already know that <laughs> shot is gonna get cocked. It's like farmer in the dale, farmer in the dale, clack clack, and then it's like I'm about to, I'm about, and then that and that uh, oh. come on out, y'all. Oh, I'm a huff and I'm a pup. It was like <laughs> he approached that whole character like a child. Like this is my playground. I'm about to have fun with y'all. Yeah. But it was for but it was for the ultimate price, which is death and destruction. Yeah. But that's that and that scene where he negotiates uh-huh. with the Muslim. So you're gonna rob me now. I need to remind you who I am. Omar, isn't it? Pull it slowly, then toss it. Oh, I will move slow. I ain't tossing nothing, bow tie. So whatever you're gonna do, you might as well go ahead and make it quick. I knew you'd come back. I trust you didn't lose sleep over it. Worrying about you be like wondering if the sun gonna come up. Ain't about to wild out over it. What I wanna know is how you find me. Your boy, he didn't give you up easy. Ain't no sugar water running through them veins. You kill him. He's resting. I see you favor a 45. Tonight I do. And I keeps one in the chamber in case you ponder it. That, that scene where they have that whole conversation, that back and forth, cre- incredible scene, bro. The last thing he did was the uh, Lovecraft Country. So that's the last thing we're getting from him. Is it? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Unless, did you see something else? Because I did, so I was hoping there was another show that he had, but I saw that that was all on the horizon.
I feel like there might be, you know, I'm not calling him Tupac or anything, but I, <laughs> right. but I feel like there might be, you know, one, you know, something else that, you know, something in the crate might, that somebody didn't hit, hit away might, or something that just might pop up. I, I, I hope, I mean, I'm hopeful. And yeah. I didn't realize he was also in video games. He did voices on video games too. Yeah. Like Battlefield, NBK, NBA 2K, Battlefield, stuff like that. But no, nah, I just, I hope there is something else. Cause like I said, he, Oh wait, wait a minute! My, there is something. I'm looking right now. Uh, he got a couple of films coming out. Okay. Yeah, Body Brokers and Surrounded mm. are coming out. And, I, and speaking of his film work, I almost forgot to mention uh, Brooklyn's Finest with uh, with Wesley and Don Cheadle, two great actors in their right. own right. I forgot he he was in that also. That's he was crazy. also he was also in. Uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force for uh for my uh <laughs> What's that? My, you, you don't know about Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Like, no, I don't. No. It it's uh it's one of those uh uh cartoons oh. that that's on Adult Swim. Okay, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, he, I, I think he he was a voice character uh once or twice on that show, but you know, <laughs> just shout out to uh to my late night uh, TV watchers out there, they're watching right. Adult Swim. Team Team Insomnia just can't it's, sleep. hundred percent. So, like, before we wrap up, guys, what was if you had like one character or one performance to stand out from him? What would it be? Mm. Man, uh, you know, um, and I'm more informed after this conversation. I did go with the wire. Um, in terms of wanting to see it immediately after we learned about his passing, but I got to go with Chalky White because mm-hmm. for some of the things that you guys have, have talked about in this conversation, Chalky White was an aspirational character yes. at, a time, mm-hmm. at a time when black men weren't presented those opportunities. And you could see in his character that he was trying to be, he, he was like, I have all the tools to be the man. But the constructs of this this country at this particular point in the 1920s and 30s, y'all won't let me do it. This here man, a friend of mine, Mr. Harold. Mr. White, you need something, you look me up. I'm torn. I like I I'm I'm kind of leaning towards that being my favorite character over Omar. In I mean this is neck and neck now. I'm not <laughs> heads and shoulders above, but <laughs> yeah. But even in the end of of uh, his role on Boardwalk Empire, when uh, you know when they're about to take him out, he ain't never gonna stop them white boys. Why do you say that? They everywhere. You just here. I'd call surviving a victory. Well, you're pretty slick at that. Go keep your word to her. Because I'm keeping in mind. How will you know? I won't. Then tell yourself I will. Want him to be the guy who's around for a long time. Even though it, you're not coming out of this alley in about 15 seconds, they're about right. to go your way. So, but it, but it like that—that's a powerful character 
that, you know, as as you guys rightfully said, could have been the centerpiece. Yeah. For real, for real, of Boardwalk Empire if it was written a little bit differently. So I think now today it would have uh, come on. You got Jeffrey Wright and Michael K. Williams. Yeah. Oh, that that was and, amazing. Gretchen Mall, like it's amazing like, cast. Yeah. The amazing the amazing thing about Boardwalk Empire was they showed a lot of people don't talk about that whole element as far as the political strength of the prohibition. Mm-hmm. Like and and we we in Boardwalk they showed the white experience, but I would love because you know Harlem Knights, uh, Boardwalk Empire they tapped on it, but I would have loved to see the black experience of that whole prohibition era. Where, yeah, I'm gonna raise my hand right here real quick. My grandmother was a bootlegger. What? So, yes, yes. My grandmother oh, was, was a bootlegger. Now, by the time I came along, she had a nightclub, and her bootleg consists of like selling liquor and stuff. She, she was, was an entrepreneur doing. She was an night. entrepreneur. She would sell liquor, and they would they would call it unsealed liquor. Like okay. sealed liquor is when you would do it and you would get, get the taxes, get yeah. a tax on it. They would sell unsealed liquor. They would sell beer and stuff on Sundays when I came along. Like she used to run boot, and matter of fact. We would we here they it's called the ABC, the people who control the uh the liquor industry. Yeah. And I would go interview them later and they would find out my name, they would ask me, and then I would throw her name out. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> we know who your grandmother was. Wow. Yeah. Now so you like, know, you know I gotta ask this question, man. Uh-huh. Do you still have the recipe? <laughs> <laughs> I do not have the recipe, but I do have like a, a I have tons of beer signs. And uh, like just different stuff man, from that era that I say. I'm not gonna have the recipe, man. No, no, I, I, I ain't trying to get in trouble. I'm good. I'm but we gotta have. Yeah, I mean, dude, come on. Are you with me, Alex? We gotta have. A I, hey, man, look. If 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 uh, what's what's the guy that got his reparations from uh, Jack Daniels? Get it, <laughs> Uncle Nearest. Yeah, Uncle <laughs> Nearest. He, hey, Lamont, you need to put that brown, that good brown out there. <laughs> <I'm telling you. laughs> the, the good brown, exactly. Yeah, man, like that. That story needs to be told in Hollywood. Like, I would love. Hell, there might be something we could do. Like, yeah, tell that story it. because it was funny. I was talking. And we we leave him totally from the conversation as far as Michael K. Williams, but it sparks that conversation as far as films are concerned, telling those stories of that era, like because you have a you have a national following of NASCAR that was birthed out of that whole movement during that illegal booze running, like right. <laughs> you got, yeah. and these guys are getting paid out the wazoo. Was something yeah. that was built out of and, and I hate to say it, I mean 30 years from now, what's going to be the next thing? Is Are we going to have milk crate challenges that come from the hood and the drug mm. trade? Yeah, <laughs> like, like it's, we, it's crazy. We, yeah, we for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's, it's amazing with those stories that need to be told in Hollywood as far as in, not just the black experience, but any uh, ethnic group as far as their experience during those major times in history. Uh, but to get back on track and get back in my lane as far as what we were talking about, the main focus. Your guy? Yeah, what's your, what's your role? What do you, what stands I, out to you? I love the character in Lovecraft mm. Country, the father. 
Uh, yeah. Well, the the uncle father. I'm still your goddamn daddy. And you respect me. Get out of here. You get out. Don't you ever call me out my fucking name. Did mama know? I mean, one of the greatest scenes was them actually getting into a fight. Yeah. And and <laughs> they come in fist to cuff because this dude raised him to try to it just tells the story of most black men that were raised hard. Yeah. And then they try to raise their sons to be hard to because deep down inside they just don't want them to be them. So you have that character that kind of pushed that that guy to the limit and lo and behold the guy that he gravitated to was his father anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, but Michael's character was so complex that in each episode, they just took a layer and another layer and another layer. And you saw, oh, so this is why he was so hard. This is why he was such an alcoholic. This is why he had to sneak and hide and do what he did. Because back in his youth, his, his lover was murdered in a riot. So yeah. it's like that whole, and then his father, and it was just that whole thing of his father perpetuating, well, I'm going to beat the, the sexual orientation out of you. Yeah. And, it's, and it's that crazy thing. So I love the complexity of that character in Lovecraft Country. Mind you, for him, this storyline is happening while there are beasts that have actual eyes on their back. It's in the middle of a of a terror, you know, fantasy world, uh, right. which is uh, also crazy. Um, um, but so, but to, yeah. but to be able to weave that narrative into the story at while all this other apocalyptic stuff is happening is is you know is crazy. Look, I said when the when the thing came out, I was like, black folks got enough problems. Now we got to deal with aliens. In yeah. time travel, yeah. like yeah. the whole sci-fi is like you think about all the troubles that black people have in America. Then you got this thing that's chasing after them that eats people, and then they they turn into or they transmit some kind of fluid into them. They turn into the monster themselves. Yeah, it's like, bro, that's too much for a Tuesday, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's a lot. You know, black people got to fight everybody. Including including the monsters, like wow. Yep. So yeah, man, Lovecraft Country and Michael K. Williams' character, if the father, was just a great stretch for me. It, 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 and I think on previous shows, I always tell Lamont, if you can pull me into the, the film and make me a part of it, you've done your job. And that's what they did. It was like I could feel every emotion that they put out in that film, especially what Michael did. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like I said, he does he just doesn't miss. Come at the yeah, team, you best don't miss. Line. You don't miss. Be well, not- well hey Troy, thank you for joining us, man. We really appreciate you coming in and dropping the knowledge and sharing your stories and whatnot. Like absolutely it's greatly appreciated. And we'd love to have you back to review something if you got if you could fit us into your busy schedule in between your mentorships and whatnot. <laughs> oh, okay. We got jokes at the end of the <laughs> That's what we do them. What he mentors well, people? Oh, he mentors people. But that's oh that's wow. Another, that's for another. Wow. That's for another podcast. You wow. Know okay. Yeah. We probably have to do. We have to delve into that. Right. It might have to be the subject matter, Troy. We yeah. Might have to just do an interview with Troy because you're a very interesting guy. 
You know, the sound on this podcast is suddenly just going. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's happening. I have a bad connection. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Thank, thank you for joining us, though, man. We'll get up yeah, with you later. Yeah, really right? appreciate it. Sounds like a plan. Thanks for having me on. All right, peace. All right, Troy, peace. This thing is bigger than Nino Brown. This is big business.